0: Hi guys, you're listening to the last set Podcast, number one combat sports podcast. And boy, do we have a treat for you today. Uh, Yesterday was an absolutely phenomenal card that further solidified why Israel Adesanya is, without a doubt, the champion. I mean, was there, let me ask you to start off by asking your question, Jack. Was there any doubt at all? I mean, I Mm honestly believe, I um, was almost certain that Israel was going to beat Marvin again.
1: Yeah, I mean, the, I mean probably about 10 minutes ago, actually, I actually was scrolling through Instagram and I saw that some MMA pages were just like, nah, Marvin Vittori by third round sub. And I just couldn't see it happening, you yeah. know. Um, I I think if you look at how many top 10 fighters Vittoris for, the only two that come to mind is Kevin Holland, who was, I think, number 11 at the time, and then Jack Manson, who is like a legit, like... Mm. top 10 fighter but that's kind of it you know it wasn't really It really should have been Rob, but the timelines didn't mix up uh, like link up properly and vittori got you know it also worked really well with vittori's um character his personality because even even showed in the second fight he's very emotional mm-hmm. it's a very emotional fight he gets quite angry and i think that's probably something that'll have to change he's only 27 as well yeah um He'll only just have to mature, but he's very emotional. He gets very angry and wound up, and he's he's uh, he's like a cold spring that never actually bounces. It's just tight, and it's consumed with all this emotion. And I think, I think Vittori was kind of, it was really good opportunity like a gift he was gifted a really good opportunity and he just didn't make the most of it when he went for those takedowns he'd lock his hands and then he just didn't have the energy yeah. or the the technique to overcome is his really excellent takedown
0: defense yeah, which has gotten so much better which he's improved on a lot since bouncing on one hand yeah that's, since Jan yeah, that's mad well here's the other thing Um, <laughs> he of that fight um, on Victoria attempted 14 takedown attempts mm-hmm. He only succeeded in four of them But there were times where Izzy just got back up He Mm. didn't have any problem whatsoever Getting back to his feet Um, So it was Not just to take downs But it was also committing to them as well Okay Mm. so he got him Okay what's next And uh, I understand Why Marvin would have been a little bit Irritated because You know of that whole fight Izzy didn't attempt to take down once Or anything like that Mm. He just wanted to keep this fight standing And then at the end, Marvin actually still believed that he won the fight, and he had a chat with uh, Izzy yeah, again. He thought <laughs> I,
1: I thought I won that fight, and and then he was like, "No, he didn't." And then he was like, "Oh, yeah, okay." And then afterwards, you, could, I was look, reading up it today. He's going on in different interviews saying, "Oh, I didn't agree with the scoring. Like, how close did it wasn't close? It, wasn't, it, was, it was, it was dominated.
0: It was unanimous as well." 50-45 every, every round. Yeah, 50-45 for all every, judges
1: has to be a 10-9 across every round across every judge in order to get a 50-45 unanimous decision. Uh it just further it was exactly what Adesanya kind of said. He said I want to I want to just dominate him mm-hmm. t- so that there will be no question, there'll be no one judge to fuck it up and make it a make it a majority or a yeah. split decision, right? mm mm-hmm. Mhm. And that's exactly what happened. Uh, Adesanya just used really, really good uh, distance control. Kept on chopping at that that lead front leg. Uh, Vittori was a bit... I was a bit confused because...
0: He was very it, stiff.
1: Yeah, he, uh, very similar to Paolo Costa, to be honest. It was a similar game plan, I'll be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, and he never really changed... There was a few things. He just... He's very uh, tight and wound up. And he was going for the same game plan. And he wasn't switching things up. So, like, his, the way he would set up his takedowns didn't really... He had one bit of success, right, in the fight when he timed a really... Uh, what what he did was he caught um, Adesanya's kick, picked up his foot, took him down, straight into a, a blast double leg, took him down and went down from there. And I think in the second round, that's when Vittori had his back for a moment, was trying to get a rear naked choke um wasn't in any i mean you can have someone's back and you're having control but it does not mean that you're close to submitting someone um and then he it looked like it wasn't the best position for adesanya and then quickly reversed it went into f- full guard and then Izzy he essentially just stood up tried to pass guard by just absolutely laying into him and then he just stood up, and they stood it up, and then from there on, Vittori, it looked like his gas tank had changed a little bit. It just it didn't have the cardio. Um, he's he's like a he's like a like an Italian kind of like I don't know what do you call it like a diesel truck. He'll keep going, but he's not like a like a Ferrari. He's not like a yeah. And then rest, 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 rest. You know, like a Francis Engano.
0: Yeah. Uh, the best way I could put it was that um. Dan Hardy put this beautifully on his podcast. Mm-hmm. He said, Marvin Vittori is like a tank, right? Mm-hmm. And Israel Adesanya, he's like in a watchtower with a sniper and he's yeah. sniping, he's picking off the shots. Mm. But Marvin Vittori is t- not trying to be, um, he's trying to get him with that one shot, you know, that mm-hmm. one power shot. And then when he does, he hits him, he just runs over him like a tank. So that was kind of the idea.
1: Yeah. It's like, he's, he's very similar to Paolo Costa in that both yep. of them can knock you out. Yeah. And they, could submit you right and take you down and they've got quite large like muscular physiques for middleweight could probably quite easily be like heavyweights but they don't have the one punch knockout power they Mm -hmm. don't they it's they what they do is they'll just bully you they'll put pressure on you until you break and then until you're no longer able to you know cover up properly, and the ref is going to call it off. That's just simply how Paolo's knockouts have gone. Mm-hmm. And that's how Vittori's knockouts have gone. So I didn't expect Vittori to knock out Izzy, which is why I picked Izzy to win by decision, well, mm-hmm. we both did. Um, the unanimous decision. I expected it to go similar to the first fight. I just knew that v- Vittori had improved, but not as much as Izzy. Izzy's yeah. takedown defense has improved a lot. Distance control has even got even better, which is weird, because since he's you know, he's involving all different aspe- aspects of his game. Mm-hmm. And I think one thing that doesn't isn't talked enough is probably how like efficient Adasanya is. Yeah. So mm-hmm. he'll move around and then he'll go back to flat footed a uh, flat footed style. But because of his length and his range being four inch tall four inches taller than Vittori he only needs to be just out of range. He doesn't yeah. really need to use footwork to be out of range. When he needs to reset and move around and get out of danger, then he'll use footwork. You could see Vittori maybe second, third round, just like Adasanya said, breathing out of his mouth. You know, that emotion had also consumed him. He's obviously in shape as well, but uh, he's not efficient. He's, he's, he's an inefficient fighter compared to Adasanya. Adesanya never touched the stool. Neither did Vittori, to be fair, but he looked not good. Uh, mm. But but Izzy's there, breathing through his nose, mm-hmm. using his breath control. He'd. I don't think it's spoken enough that for him to enjoy himself and be so. Chill. Yeah, comes from his experience. Yeah, but it's so it, much experience. But, yeah. it's, but it comes from his cardio. Yeah, you know you can only express yourself and. You pick your shots if you have the, cardio, the the aerobic capacity to do so and you're not put in bad exchanges. Um, so he's able to take the piss a little bit. So you even saw that Vittori was trying to sink a double leg takedown again and he was kind of just pressing him up against mm-hmm. the cage. You're not really controlling opponent. You're not really doing any damage. You're not taking him down. You're kind of just not stalling. But you can't... I think Vittori thought he was in a dominant position when he's really not no. because Adesanya's literally just sitting there against the cage and he even smacked him on the ass and was like doing a lots of lots of showmanship stuff but he wasn't I I feel like even Adesanya wasn't too happy with that performance no. because he said C+ plus in the post fight yeah. press conference. I think he wanted to properly knock him out cuz he genuinely Fucking hates Vittorio. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> he just couldn't really you couldn't really put him away. And now he's cool. Now we know what's obviously is next for him. He wants to rematch with Rob. Mm-hmm. He wants it in Auckland. He wants it in New Zealand. I think that's absolutely fair. Why not? I mean, also because two reasons. One, they had it in Australia. He beat him in his tone turn, turn turf. He's a champion. So definitely he should be able to call the shots. Mm-hmm. But also in Auckland, um, I'm pretty sure COVID, they're almost COVID-free.
1: It, I I it gets a bit funny, though. With New Zealand, because New Zealand, um, that one's similar to Australia where it, it's a bit on and off. Yeah. New Zealand's a bit on and off sometimes. I mean, Western Australia is probably the safest place in in Australia, but yeah. it's obviously still not uh, perceived as, in terms of Dana and the UFC's eyes, that it's a viable option. Yeah. It'll probably be in America. I'd love it to be in New Zealand.
0: Yeah. Um, I don't think the UFC's ever gone to New Zealand and sold a state had a sold out stadium. Uh, well, I here's the thing though. I don't think so. don't think so because also Rob agrees that we could, if it was in Australia or New Zealand, we could get a sold out stadium because the borders in Perth are pretty much opening up but it would cost so much money to fly everything over considering how far it is from America. It's yeah,
1: like when when they've already got Fire Island and yeah. Las Vegas and Arizona and places like that yeah. already sorted and they've already got the foundation. Yeah. Uh, there needs to be a big payoff. Yeah. And if there's a little bit too much risk for the payoff, it's rough. Yeah. Um I do uh, yeah, I agree with you in that because Izzy versus uh Whittaker 2 would, would be amazing because their first bout was in Melbourne and they have still got the number one um, all time like number of people seated yeah. at that event. So that's why I believe insane.
0: I believe if they went to Optus Stadium, they could have sold out Optus Stadium.
1: I'm sure they could. I'm sure yeah. they could. It's just uh, in that post fight pro- press conference, he was uh, Dana was asked and he said, "It looks like you know Canada and Australia are going to probably be some of the toughest ones for us to try and get." So. Mm-hmm. There, there might be a few logistics just because of the distance between um, America and here. Yeah, or they, they put it New off for though. And, I, uh, I'm sure they could. It's just COVID makes has made very people very uh, cautious with any like business decisions. Yeah. But I know what you mean. It would be cool yeah. to have it in Auckland, uh, especially just because they've already done it in Australia, and now that now that Izzy has uh, got the title and he's defended it, it's sort it's. It's ha- it's like a story, a perfect yeah. storyline to come to, come to New Zealand. Yeah, um, another one I wanted to talk about was uh, well, essentially we we picked, so of all the, we I think we picked six fights we did picks and all and five of them we were correct. Wh- which one were we correct on? Uh, we said Adesanya was going to win by decision. We said that um, I said More-
0: Moreno was going to win.
1: I said Figgy was gonna win, so yeah. I was wrong on that. Um I picked Le- we picked Leon. Picked Leon by decision. And then we picked You pick picked
0: Jamal. Did no, I know? picked Craig. Did you picked Craig. And um, then we also picked um
1: Um Uh Riddell over Doba. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And is there another one I'm thinking of?
0: We also picked uh Mohammed over Maya. Yes. Yeah, along yeah. Muhammad, yeah.
1: So we did pretty well this, uh, this this card. Yeah. But I would say the, the big surprise for me was uh, Figgy getting tapped out by Moreno. Mm-hmm. I know Moreno is very well-rounded. You know, yeah. He's good everywhere. He's got good footwork. He's in and out. He's He's got this one-two combo that's so quick. Yeah. And it's, he seems to get it. It doesn't matter like what distance he gets. He could be really far out of range or he could be in really close. Yeah. And somehow he sneaks in that that right cross and it just manages to hit money. Um it looked like Figgy when I was watching that fight, um in that first round, Figgy wasn't really doing much. No. Figueredo wasn't
0: doing much. Well that's what they were saying. They were saying is Figgy not um doing is he is he having a bad day or is it an off day or is just Brandon just gotten really good?
1: I thought Figueroa was taking the round off because Figuero does because he's such an explosive fast witch mm-hmm. like athlete I think it showed in the first fight he was gassing a little bit, and I think he was doing exactly what they told Paolo Costa to do. Mm-hmm. Take the first round. Just just let it go. Let yep. the first round go. Same way with Stipe Miocic. Didn't look quite right against Francis Ngannou, yeah, but he was just staying just busy enough just to be competitive, mm-hmm. but not imposing as well. Then he started to speed it up in the second round, which is what Paolo done. Didn't work out well for Paolo. Didn't work well for... I eh? don't know why they do it. But it looked like Figgy was doing the same thing. So when I was watching that fight, I was like, please, it's going to be another Palo Costa when they take the first round, accumulate damage. Moreno's already got your timing. And then Moreno's still kind of fresh. Yeah. Um, it looked like Figgy was, you know, he was doing well in certain exchanges. However, Moreno was just... He was just quicker. And he made he sure was he, was, he was made sure he was first. He every was looking time. for
0: it was it was he was moving around him a lot more and he was looking for openings, he was looking for better angles, and mm. he was doing a lot more feints. And then Figgy was just sorta trying to get a feel. But Bra- uh, Brandon was already looking for those weaknesses. Mm. And then he and then he noticed that something was up because he knocked him down with that jab. Mm. Uh, and then Vicky spun around back and fell down. I thought, oh, I thought this could be over right then and there. Mm. But he managed to hold him. But one thing that David, uh, I think he was doing to try and wear out Brandon was he had him in like a, uh, he would try to put him almost like in a side control mm. and he would wrap one arm around his na- neck and one wrap one arm between his legs and sort of try and squeeze to get him mm. uncomfortable or at least trying to wear him out. Um, then when Brandon was able to just, f- he just held on really. And then he just managed to just keep his cool, you know, keep him in his guard. And then come the third round, that's when he uh, noticed that opening when he exposed his back and then just held on. I mean, which was a bit of a surprise because uh, he's won quite a few of his um, wins by submission. And I was still considering that Brandon normally he usually wins by, he's won a couple few by submission but usually by knockout, that to get him by rear naked, uh, that quickly, uh, sorry, that quickly in the third round mm. was quite a surprise.
1: What I found was probably the most impressive thing of Moreno was his transitions. As soon as he was in a dominant position, straight in one, one hook in, second hook in. Mm-hmm. He's just that transition. He didn't leave. The, I think it was. It was his transition was perfect. It was just he didn't leave. There was one time in early in the fight that he tried to transition, and it just the, the timing was just a little bit off. But in that third round, got him. It was beautiful. He he quickly took his back, jumped on him right away, got the two hooks in, and started to go 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 for the neck. Now, it looked like at one point he was just going to go for over the chin and just crank back, um, and that wasn't working. And then he, you know, it looked like Figueroa was a bit uncomfortable in that situation um uh, and that body triangle was just in very very tight quite early in the in the in the third round and then he just sunk it in managed to get underneath the chin and he was done mm. i think uh it was really cool to see figueredo lift up moreno afterwards yeah, because that was right. uh, often plays the bad guy and he does a really good job at it he just he, he seems like a nasty motherfucker yeah and he plays a really good villain but Moreno, you could never see that guy as a villain. He's such a nice guy. And yeah. for him to be the first ever Mexican-born UFC champion, you couldn't have a better role model f- a role model for, for Mexico, I'll be honest. And it was so cool because we got Nate Diaz there and you got Moreno there. So there was a huge crowd, um, you know, supporting Mexico. And when Moreno got that belt wrapped around his waist, he was... Mm-hmm. He was crying. He was, yeah. and you, you, you couldn't not feel for the guy since back in twenty eighteen. He was cut. He was cut by the UC. and prior to that, he was the last pick on the US, the the Ultimate Fighter. Really, he was the last pick, right? Then, um, and that was when the there was the flyweight, yeah. The, when all the different flyweight champions from different organizations were offered to be on the the Ultimate Fighter, and he was one of the last picks, right? And then twenty eighteen. Has a little bit of a bad skid, mm-hmm. gets cut, re-enters the UFC later on, twenty twenty one becomes the first ever Mexican uh, flyweight champion. That, yeah. uh, there's, it, that's a story book ending to me, to be honest. Um, I, I think the main thing to take away is Moreno's transitions. Just would take his back like butter. It was so it was amazing how he did that. It was incredible.
0: It was also his his arm. Um how calm he was in that moment. And as well, he seemed a little bit more patient with his strikes and not felt like he was rushing it. And um, there was also the idea that something was up at the press conference and something was up at the weighings when he believed that he had a shot mm. come in the way uh, the weigh-ins when, what's his name, Davidson Figueroa pushed him mm. and then he seemed very stiff. And then the way that he responded to that was just, so, Carmen, when stepping into the cage, he was just, I knew by the time he knocked him down in that first round, it was going to win. And I was positive about it. But now, there's other something else I want to bring up. Uh, someone put out a tweet after he won saying, from the name of Askar Askarov. And we know how good he is. He's very, very Really good wrestler. Really good wrestling. Very quick jabs. Mm. Very good Muay Thai background. I did see that. Yeah, I can see that happening because he drew with um, Brandon Marino back in 2019. Mm. And that was the only result he had other than a loss and then a draw. Um, So he had to draw to Davidson the first time. Other than that, he's beaten everyone in his path to winning the Mm. championship. So I reckon I wouldn't mind having a rematch between them two.
1: Yeah, I mean, certainly got is,
0: a. Where is Ascarov in the rankings right now?
1: Um, he would be quite far up there, to be honest, because, um, he's, you know, largely undefeated. He does have that one draw, however, he was never properly defeated by Brandon Moreno, um, and he's coming off a win at UFC 259, which was when he beat um, Joseph Benavides. Oh, um,
0: Ascarafroz, he's two, he's second. So number two? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wasn't
1: too sure if he was number two or number three. Yeah. But he's very high up there so he's most likely um, he's most likely going to be the next title contender I'll be honest. Mm-hmm. So Askar Askarov um, against Moreno that would be a really really excellent fight.
0: Because mm-hmm. he's undefeated Askar mm-hmm. Askarov so that would be really really impressive. And plus he's also from Dagestan so we know how those Dagestan fighters are mm-hmm. and the way that he beat Joseph Benavides in the last fight. Can't wait to see that. But what do you think will be next for Figueroa before we move on?
1: Um, I think with Figueroa is mainly just taking some time off. Mm-hmm. Um, look, by I I believe it was a close fight, but I believe he beat Moreno. You know, if not for the, the penalties mm-hmm. um, and getting the point taken off, he mm-hmm. would have won, right? Mm-hmm. And I think... Although it was a close fight, it was not a robbery for Moreno. I think Figueroa won. So, largely in my mind, that Figueiredo is one against Moreno, and Moreno is one against Figgy. I think that trilogy has to happen later down the line, mm. right? Because they're some of the most explosive. Like their first fight was insane. Probably yeah. the best, the best battle in the the flyweight, um, the flyweight division ever in the UFC. Right, mm. Mm. so. I'm thinking that Figueredo has a bit of time off, maybe takes uh, another fight, which could be, you know, maybe a Cody Garbrand or something like that. Then you've got Moreno, that he can fight uh, Askar Askarov. And then later down the line, if Figueroa climbs up, which I'm sure he will, then they can have that trilogy down the, lo- uh, down the line. However, Moreno should continue to stay active, um, being a young champion, and I think he should fight Askar Askarov because... They do have history, Asgaskar being an undefeated Dagestani wrestler. Um, And he does have the the history of being, you know, going to a a draw with Moreno. So that feeds really well in terms of a selling point and a storyline as well. Um, Another thing I want to talk about is uh, (laughs) probably one of the most wild fights was uh, Diaz versus Edwards. Essentially, we picked Edwards because I, I believe Nate's a bit older now. He's about 36. You yeah. would think he was a bit older. He looks a bit older, to be honest. Mm-hmm. But he's been in a lot of uh,
0: He's been in a lot of a wars. Lot of wars lot which of wars.
1: And he's accumulated, because of his style, mm-hmm. he's accumulated a lot of damage and a lot of scar tissue, which often means he gets cut. Um, and that can often cause the fight to be waved off. We thought he would be okay, um, which meant it was probably going to go to a decision with leon edwards i just feel that leon edwards is much better fighter he's a proper welterweight yeah. um often often Nate doesn't have the best performances at welterweight he often he often fights lightweights or blown up lightweights at welterweight so it would it was to me i felt that leon edwards it was the new generation of you know the ufc caliber in terms of you know, how well-rounded he was in terms yeah. of rest. He can submit you, he can strike with you, he can, if he needs to avoid the takedown, he can, he, he can submit you and do, he has the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu skills as well. Mm-hmm. He's certainly physically gifted as, uh, uh, you know, as well as that. When they were fighting, I was, usually Nate looks huge in front of
0: all the lightweights. Yes, yeah. right? He didn't in front of Leon, he though. He
1: didn't. Leon just looked—he looked
0: huge. He is a—he's a, a tall welterweight as is, well.
1: He is, he is, and he was actually close to Nate Diaz's height. So, and yeah. he, just obviously a bigger, thicker frame. So, when I was looking at them, I—I I didn't think it was going well for Diaz. That entirety of that fight, he was getting pieced up. the The main thing with um, Diaz was he was mixing in some really great sweeps and things like that as well. Mm. Not really to actually impose his will, but maybe to break. Diaz a little bit And break his confidence
0: Yeah He wasn't Looking for those um, He wasn't looking for a knockout at all He was just looking for those extra points He was just looking for He was looking to outclass him One mm-hmm. thing he did it was He was so much quicker Than Diaz mm-hmm. Especially with the leg kicks as well When the first round When he just kicked He made shit. that
1: front leg trash Yeah He, he literally
0: flung that leg up in the air And He wasn't fooling for any of Diaz's tricks. You know, he was uh, trying to – Diaz was doing that thing. I've never seen it before but he would pretend to be tired, just chill up the cage and put his hands on his knees. It
1: it wasn't so much that. It was more he was trying to like – he was just doing a weird pose like he was trying to like squat and then Mm -hmm. turn his back and put his ass out at him. (laughs) Um, Almost like he's taunting him, right? He's trying to – and often taunts only work when you're kind of breaking the opponent when you're winning. Mm-hmm. you winning and then you taunt them more, which makes them even more emotional, which makes them them easier to just pick apart, right? Yeah. Um, it makes them more, like, easy to see their telegraph shots and that. Diaz wasn't winning that yeah. fight, yet he would then do a little bit of sportsmanship, yeah. but also a little bit of baiting. And I wasn't working. It, yeah. was, it wasn't baiting on it. It was really funny. At one point, they... Um, they went to they went to he went to touch gloves yeah and then and, then, the and Diaz slapped his hand away yeah and then Edwards went double finger which yeah. is usually Diaz's move and then then went straight into it yeah the the most the craziest part of the fight was and probably in that last not even the last round to be honest let's be real it was probably like the last minute of the yeah. round
0: yeah uh Diaz well, it, just caught him with that left
1: yeah it was just he's got one of the quickest one twos yeah that it. He's got a very weird way in which he boxes, yeah. but it works. Yeah, right. He's got a very awkward style, awkward. Uh, to be honest, awkward body type yeah. as well. I but mean, it just hit the flush. Thing about his
0: shoulders that they just like sort his traps and the collarbones just sort like pop out a little bit. There. Yeah,
1: I noticed that Davison has a little bit like that as well as was well um, Tony Ferguson. Yeah. A little bit like that, um, but it just hit flush and it rocked Edwards for a second. And I would do watch it back a few times. But he was rocked for maybe ten or twenty seconds. Survived. Yeah. Got back into it and started to continue. Diaz afterwards, uh, in classic Diaz style, said, um, "I wish I took his ass out, mm. but I still believe I'm the better fighter." Well, yes, mm, you're, yes. lost. you're lost. You lost. You lost. You're and lucky
0: it was five rounds. That was which three it wasn't rounds. Wasn't supposed to be. Yeah. If it was three rounds, you would have. Um it would have been clear cut leon because in the third round leon just fucking got him with those nasty elbows i mm-hmm. just cut open got open that massive cut
1: one just at the top yeah. just in his head. yeah one at the top of the head
0: one was there as well Yeah. and then on the ground and then everyone would have thought that yep yep definitely obviously see leon's a better winner and then diaz got him in those last 20 seconds but you still couldn't put him away leon was doing everything he could to avoid it mm-hmm. you know he was running he was trying to keep distance? But one thing I thought was hilarious was when um Diaz like pointed at him straight away afterwards. He's like, "Ah, got you." It was like a schoolyard <laughs> sort of trick. He does that a lot.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think the main thing for all the Diaz fans is saying like Diaz won. Well, he didn't. It's per round, and Edwards outclassed him per round. If and then they say, "Oh well, I wish Diaz if Diaz went and went on him, then Edward then he would been would have been the winner." Well. Diaz did. He did rock him. Mm-hmm. Then he went over to to walk towards him, which with his fucked up leg, and he tried to pour it on him, and he couldn't finish Edwards. That's yeah. on Diaz. Yeah. Right? So let's be real. Diaz lost fan square. He's an excellent fighter. Um, he's always entertaining to watch. Win, lose, or draw, he's always at, in, really entertaining to watch. Um, and I think... I think what the broadcast said, like, win, lose, or draw also, his stock will always continue to rise. He's always got a really passionate fan base, and no matter what happens, they'll always stand behind him because he always shows up and gives entertaining fights. But for those first four rounds, Diaz had no answer for Edwards. He was getting schooled out there. Yeah,
0: He just couldn't. He just it was it was slowing down. That's that's the sad thing, really. He was definitely a lot slower mm. against Leon, but still, you got to give him credit for rocking him because the whole time that Leon was there, he was the younger fighter, he was the quicker fighter, but not once did he rock Leon. So not once did he Rock n- uh, Nate. No. And I think that says something.
1: Yeah, there were some really heavy exchanges yeah. as well. Um, there was a few overhand rights that connected flush and you could hear and you're like, oh, and Diaz just kept walking forwards like a zombie, right? Similar yeah. like to a Tony Ferguson. Um, the the one thing I was really impressed by, again, is just Edward's well-roundedness. He had, you um, managed to get that sweep twice in him, on him. Mm. Um, just basically just to show I'm um, I'm better than you. He was just doing it just to outclass him, like you said. Yeah. And um my my the the thing I really enjoy watching about Edwards is his elbows. Mm-hmm. He's so good at just slipping them in on the break. On the break, he'll just boom, catches in. There was one elbow that he was being really creative with and it missed and I was like, that would have been amazing. They were they were about to break, right? And it was going to throw a punch, and as he was going up, I'll move away from. He the threw back. that spin back away. Yeah. No, no, no. He went to do an elbow, twelve to six. Oh, okay. And it missed. He tried to do a twelve uh, instead of a a twelve to six. It was a six to twelve elbow, mm-hmm. right? And I was like, damn, that was so close. And it was so cool how mid exchange he changed from a normal elbow to a six to twelve. And he missed. And I was like, oh, that would have been amazing if he... I, I think um, I think Edwards definitely does guarantee himself a, a title fight.
0: Yeah, after Kobe.
1: But Colby is the number one. Yeah. I think uh, if Edwards did something amazing, then maybe he could have... If he knocked out Edwards, then maybe he could slide in. Um, so if, if Edwards knocked out Diaz, he, he would have produced maybe a, a, a... I don't know. It's, it's difficult. Yeah. Um, with that, but I just I, everyone wants to see Colby versus Usman yeah. except Usman. So well, well, maybe the Leon Edwards fight would have entertained well, well um, because Usman it sells. Well.
0: But then again, Leon was beat um Kamara Usman quite some time ago. Yeah, so that's why again it sells. But the thing best thing is well, there's no shot, there's no shortage of competition in the welterweight division. No, so that's what I'm impressed. That's what is a good thing to see. We don't yet have a date for Colby versus uh.
1: We don't. We don't. Yeah, I know that. Um, I know that Ali Abdulaziz um, Kamara's manager put out a tweet this morning and said, uh, "Well, this morning Australia time, mm-hmm. he said um, Leon Edwards versus Kamara Usman. Forget about the other one," which is very weird because really? Dana White is the one that calls the shots, and yeah. Dana has said Colby's the next one online. Mm-hmm. Two press conferences now. Which means it's fairly set in stone. As long as Colby and Usman sign the dotted line, it'll it'll occur.
0: I mean, not always, but most of the time. Most, Dana mo- say, the most of the time, rule. when Dana wants it, he gets it. The really. the,
1: the general rule. Yeah. Um, I think for Diaz, his next fight, if he does continue to fight, I'd love to see him move down to lightweight, and fight Tony Ferguson. Oh, that's an excellent matchup. Yeah,
0: that everyone's been thinking about that lately because they're both quite the similar styles, cardio output. It's high, grappling, it's high. I yeah. don't know
1: why they've never made that fight. It's
0: so good. It's Well, well, one, because Diaz wasn't always really that active. And at one point, Ferguson was interim champion. Mm. So they never really wanted, needed to cross paths. Uh, True. True. So, but now it's a good time to have it. It context is everything. I but know. I do believe, agree with you a lot mm. that it could have been a time. Because everyone thought that after Poirier and McGregor happened, that McGregor should have fought Diaz for the trilogy.
1: Yeah, it, it was a missed opportunity yeah. there. Um, perhaps the boxing kind of thing got in the way uh, with Floyd Mayweather. Mm-hmm. But did you
0: watch the trailer for Pro vs. I did. Uh, we we they released good, it last night. Um, Crispy, love w- the black.
1: <laughs> with Edwards, I think uh, there's two opportunities there. One, he can wait. Mm-hmm. He can wait till Kamara Usman versus Colby Covington yep. is over, and then he will be the next title contender. Right, mm-hmm. that's fair. He's now got a nine-fight w- win streak. He could put his feet up, right, mm-hmm. and protect his win streak. Or you could have Jorge Masvidal firstly on Edwards, <sighs> which is always there, which always there, and right? that will sell. And that will sell that really. Will sell. That will sell really well. Um, and basically, you know, if if Jorge was to beat Edwards, then it takes him. It, it still keeps him in the realm of a. Of possibility of still going after the belt, even though those two fights didn't go his way, it still leaves him in title contention. Where let's let's say in an alternate universe, Colby beats Usman, which is a very like it's a that was a very tough fight, right? Then what if Jorge was to then fight Colby when Colby has the belt? It works either way. Yeah, the only thing is it is up to Leon if. If Leon wants to stay busy, yeah. If Leon wants to stay busy, since Jorge said this morning that he wants, he's got a fight targeted once, as long as that pay per view money uh, clears and he gets that check, then uh, he's happy to do so to yeah. fight someone later this year. If he wants to fight Leon, that would be a good fight. Yeah. But it depends if Edwards really wants to sacrifice, well, not sacrifice, but he's put, got a nine his spot. He's, on he's, got, he's got nine fights. A nine fight win streak It's yeah. very He's worked so hard for it He's probably the unluckiest dude in the world Yeah Um. He's most likely though Going to wait
0: Yeah He yeah. doesn't want to risk Where he's at right now mm-hmm. But again he's still very young you well, Very young as yeah. well Yeah to, to take down the uh, To put on an absolute display Of skill Against a veteran Very seasoned fighter Very tough fighter Probably one of the toughest fighters there is You know Good, good for him I mean Why not wait out of everything, out of all the world to weight division, there's this one thing that Leon Edwards has over everyone else, and that's time. Because Kamara Usman's thirty two in his thirties. Uh Mas uh, a bit older. I think he's about thirty six. Yeah. Gilbert Burns is he's, he's still quite young.
1: Uh I think he'd be in his thirties.
0: Yeah, but Stephen Thompson, he's a bit older.
1: He's not Wonder Boy anymore. Yeah, He's yeah. The there you go. was uh, so 34. Yeah,
0: so there you go. It's one thing that Leon Edwards has, it's time. Let it be, okay? Use it. Get better, get control, and when your title shot comes, you are 100% firing all cylinders on game day. Whoa. Anyway, so uh, your boy won yesterday. Told you.
1: I fucking told you. Oh, I, I didn't believe he was going to beat him that I quick. I
0: fucking told you. I thought
1: third round submission. Yeah. Uh, but you got first round submission. First round submission, yeah. who doesn't
0: love a first round submission?
1: I'm sorry. Instead of three rounds, I meant three minutes. So, <laughs> so. <laughs>
0: well, so. good for you, man. I was <laughs> impressed. That was some phenomenal jiu see? Like, he was... Paul's fucking strong, man. He just grabbed that one arm and just tucked it under his armpit, and then Jamal was trying to rip it loose, and then he grabbed him, and then he set up a beautiful armbar. But then Jamal was fucking tough too. He broke his arm. Did right? you watch? Did you watch that he s-
1: he was originally trying to get the left arm? Yeah, and it was mm, about the wrong way. And yeah. then Paul was like, "Now nah, swap." He swapped to the <laughs> other arm. And it was amazing how he he set it up. It's it's honestly it's amazing to watch him on the ground. Yeah. Um yeah, he's he's Scottish fighters, like there's not that many in the UFC. There's not not that many. the two ones that really come to mind is uh Joanna Calderwood, who was also on the card yeah. uh yesterday. Um and Paul Craig, right? They're the two main Scottish fighters that have been in the UFC. Mm-hmm. And I don't think Paul Craig gets enough credit. He's had uh, he's had a bit of a <laughs> some bad luck in terms of his, he has been finished before by some heavy hitters in the light heavyweight division. Mm-hmm. However, he's on a four-fight win streak now. you yeah. got to give him a little bit more respect. He's beat... I I believe that draw against Shogun <laughs> was not a draw. He, he won, right? Mm-hmm. So beating shogun twice even if it's an aged shogun Mm -hmm. that's a big feather in your cap you've got and for him to submit to submit shogun you've got to put some respect on not actually no i'll go past that actually he's been asked oh uh you know you've do you get any like brazilian fans because of shogun uh beating shogun do you get like a lot of messages saying, like a lot of negative comments towards you because you beat their hero, yeah. the Brazilian fans. He says, actually, I get more Russian fans because two of their big pros- prospects from Russia yeah, who are known for being excellent grapplers, yeah. right? He's beaten.
0: He's fucked with them. So for a
1: Scottish fighter, yeah. you know, coming from the UK, which is where jiu-jitsu is not huge Grappling's it's not it's not definitely
0: not judo is huge but
1: judo is huge but it's mainly been stand-up boxing yep. taekwondo correct karate um things like that yep. right Kick, kickboxing has been in in and uh, mainly boxing kickboxing and judo has been in the uk right yeah not so much jiu-jitsu no. but it's amazing to see such an elite grappler come from scotland yeah um I, I just knew. I thought he was just a little bit too green. 8 0, he's good. Yeah. He beat OSP, granted, an age OSP, but OSP is still very good. Yeah. Right? Um, he just, it was amazing how he transitioned to the other arm. Yeah. And then I, I, I found out that he didn't actually break um Jamal's arm, he hyperextended he it. Hyperextended it and yeah. dislocated it. Yeah. Right?
0: um because i watched the um what's it called
1: the breakdown of yeah the, the doctor, medical breakdown The yeah. brian
0: guy i keep keep forgetting his last name but he mm. said that wouldn't have been a break um no, most likely a way. hyperextension yeah and then it would have fucked with um because there was swelling in the medial uh use in terms medial epicondyl mm. where the joint is on the mm. inside of the arm mm. and the nerves run it was swelling here Mm. but it wasn't enough to call cool. it. It wasn't exactly a break. It was no. definitely a dislocation or hyperextension.
1: Yeah. I mean, probably did some ligament damage. However. Yeah. yeah. Um, But it looked horrible because that arm went limp. It looked like he was trying to tap with the broken arm and that yeah. wasn't working. It went limp. Yeah. Like a dead fish. Yeah. And then he's literally just going hammer strikes, boom, boom, while he's in a really tight triangle. Yeah. choke.
0: I'm glad you pulled that up because I was annoyed with the ref that he just let him do that. That yeah. me? No, he wasn't just a like two or three. It was at least ten hammer strikes.
1: I I don't know the name of the ref. Yeah. but you might find this funny. That ref is a black belt in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu.
0: Okay, what?
1: Yeah, <laughs> apparently he's a local ref, and he's got some. He's got the reputation of doing a few questionable calls.
0: Oh well, there you go. There's like one a
1: Mara Yamasaki or a Steve Mazagardi.
0: Paul was looking at him like, mate, his fucking arm's broken. He, he
1: literally went. I think it's fucking broke. Yeah. And then and he and he's like, and he just, he nah, is that, like, nah, nah. and it's just, and essentially, he's got two arms, mate. <laughs> yeah. Essentially, essentially Craig afterwards was asked about it and he literally went, well, it's, you shouldn't really be talking too much shit about the ref. It's also on my opponent to tap and things like that. Yeah. But the arm did hyper so, and dislocate. So how can he then tap with a dislocated arm? Yeah. It was more so, it's flailing about here. He's not, he's not defending himself. Yeah. When you're in a crucifix position on the ground, yeah, you're getting smashed with elbows, right? They've got to call it off because you're just accumulating damage and you can't do it. You can't defend yourself intelligently. It's
0: your job as a ref to protect the fighters from themselves as well.
1: Exactly. So and Jamal would have kept going. Yeah, yeah, he was going to keep going. I I think uh, I disagree with Paul on that. I think it was the ref's bad call. Yeah, I think uh, I think even if he didn't see that broken the. Not broken arm, the dislocated arm. I think Jamal just getting smashed with hammer strikes and getting punched in the head over and over and over while he's just flopping around in that triangle position with his arms wrapped around his legs is just. Craig's a strong guy, really, really strong guy, and he's in his prime at 33. So, um, Currently number 13 in the ranking, so I'd like Mm -hmm. to see him probably get uh, someone in the top 10.
0: Top 10, but I reckon the next uh, big opponent for him, I want it to be Jimmy Crute.
1: He's already fought Jimmy Crute. Has he? Yeah, he he lost to Jimmy So And Jimmy Crute's most likely going to have a different fight uh, ahead of him instead. I think uh, Craig could take someone in the top 10 or maybe just above him cuz he just fought Hill who's number 15 in the rankings. Mm-hmm. I think that in the light heavyweight division it's a bit funny right now in terms of who's all matched up. Um with with the rankings, I I don't really know. Are you looking at the rankings right now? What what do you what do you think yourself?
0: I mm, if you were going to give him top 10 it's a bit of, it's a bit of a jump, but the thing is um I go back on what I said last week. Paul Craig's 32, 33? 33. 33. So he's definitely in his prime right now, as it shows. I reckon, I would maybe not top 10.
1: Maybe like a number 11, like yeah, Ryan Spann. Yeah, like a Ryan Spann. Ryan Spann. Yeah, but isn't Spann booked to fight someone else? I believe so. That's why it's a bit of a weird time. Um, yeah. Maybe like a Nikita Krylov, because it wasn't was that long too. that he's four to go. That's number nine in the rankings. Yeah that that's not a bad idea. Yeah. Yeah, maybe like a Nikita Krylov. In terms of Hill, uh it's probably a bit too soon to tell him to not tell him but to say who he should fight next because that that arm will need a little bit of work and rehab, mm-hmm. you know? Um the interesting th- thing to me is that in the post-fight press conference, um Paul said I was actually thinking of going for a heel hook and uh I'm g- glad I didn't because with him, you know, trying to avoid not tapping, I probably would have br- snapped his leg in half. Mm-hmm. So, I think Paul Craig needs a little bit more respect in his name. Damn good. Uh, he's he sometimes he's got the a few nicknames. The Bear Jew, which is his official, word, Bear Jiu-Jitsu. Yeah. Um. Really? Yeah. They they make it's Bear Jew, yeah. but some of them say Bear Jiu-Jitsu because it's he's a Jiu-Jitsu practitioner.
0: Ah. Uh. But
1: uh, he's also got the nickname the Russian Killer.
0: Oh, well, that's, I like that name that because when point, I was thinking yeah. Bear Jew, it was reminding me of that um, "Inglorious Bastards movie. And one of the uh, Jewish guys they called was called the Bear Jew. Yeah. Yeah. I thought, I don't know, maybe it was a throwback to um, that somehow. I we don't,
1: don't know because apparently it's a trade secret with Paul. He says, I, when I'm bigger, I'll, I'll let you guys know. But I, he's... If anyone ask if you ask him or oh, explain your nickname, he'll say no. I won't tell you. Okay. They're, he keeps it very close to his chest. Apparently, it's got to do. Um, someone's probably called him that at the gym, but there's a story behind it, and he doesn't want to explain it. He'll probably explain the at a later
0: date. It's a gym story. Wouldn't mind
1: but that. it's cool because Paul Craig, he was a he was a football coach and a and a teacher. It really, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then he picked up the sport maybe what four years ago.
0: Like really? That, yeah Fucking years. hell He's done really really well Considering now he hasn't He's been beaten in the last five fights
1: Sorry not four years ago He's been uh, active since 2013 Yeah But uh,
0: he's you, lost, He yeah. hasn't lost since 2019 Against Alonzo Meninfield Yes So Definitely he, not, he beat uh, Magomed Ankalev Yes Who's definitely one who's rising up Right now in the ranks Submitted him Triangle choke There you go It's that's yeah. why they call him the uh,
1: Russian the, Killer. The the signature move for Paul Craig is he tends to be the triangle choke. He uses he, it's his favorite submission, and he does all kinds of different ways just to transition and set yeah. it up. He's got yeah. so many, st- which worked. You know, well, he had the arm, had the triangle as well, and yeah. he just he did both. He dislocated well, well, the arm and he punched him.
0: Well, it is a very satisfying choke to put someone in. Mm. When you put someone in a triangle, it's a cool it's a cool move.
1: Mm. And I think he
0: just ran with it. Yeah, yeah, we'll just wrap them up. Anyway, um, we also got to point out that next week, we also got a killer headline. We've mm. got the Korean Zombie versus Dan Ige. Now, yeah. here's where I think this is going to be interesting because the Korean Zombie will be tested because he's up against Dan Ige, who's fucking smashing it lately.
1: He's done very, very he's well. He's done so well
0: since his loss. And he just bounced back up. And I honestly believe uh, that Danny Gay, uh, he might need to, it. Will he will definitely need to focus a lot less on his chin. Okay, he need to focus a lot more on maybe slip, try and slipping his punches. You know, get getting get in and out of distance. Because one thing about Danny Gay is that his uh, jab is so quick, mm. so quick, and he's very. He's got um,
1: he's got that power in that right hand as well. You can't forget about that.
0: Yeah, and he's. Pretty and he's not someone to go the distance as well. He's not a fighter who wants to go the distance. He's definitely someone who's going to want to put it away because he's he's got a history of knocking him out of submissions, and he knocked out Mike Beltron literally within the first round of his last fight. His last loss was to Calvin Cater and that put a little bit of um. A bad taste in his mouth, and since then he has gone up. The reason why he put a bad taste in his mouth is because he was on a seven-fight win streak before he's lost to Calvin Cater. Mm. So that's what I think. Uh, and still, a,
1: still a very young combatant as well, twenty-nine years old. Yeah, compared to uh, uh, janson Jung, he's a he's a good bit older, I think. Yeah, I think janson Jung is. I think he's he's got to be thirty-four or something. Thirty-four, he yeah, is thirty-four. Correct, he is. Okay, yeah, so. Uh,
0: but the t- here's, the issue. here's one thing. Uh, I would like to see how Dan Egre goes on the ground against uh, Korean Zombie. Because let's not forget, uh, TKZ was the, one of the first... No, he was the first person to pull off a twister inside the UFC. And that sort of solidified one of his status. And um, he also got to admit, he's also coming off a loss to Brian Ortega. So he's got something that he needs to prove. And especially when you going off against Brian Ortega, he lost via decision... But Brian Ortega's just shots were just insane, spinning back elbows, and much, much more quicker. He didn't have to rely too much on his BJJ. He just took it to him really. So
1: yeah, I think look, what, because Korean Zombie has been around a bit longer than Dan Gay, mm-hmm. I would suggest that I would suggest that Korean Zombie has probably got a better resume. He's mm-hmm. fought higher quality opponents yeah. um, simply because he's been around longer and he is higher ranked, right? If you do go back in his last fight, look, he did have a competitive match against uh, Brian Ortega, who's now the title contender, right? He's beat Frankie Edgar, beat Renato uh, um He lost to Yair Rodriguez. That was a freak knockout. Mm-hmm. Uh, if that wasn't to occur in the last couple of seconds of that last round, he would have beat yuri barriguez right before that beat dennis bermudez he's beat dustin Poirier, um and he did unfortunately lose to jose aldo by injury but however look if you look through his resume you can't call him a gatekeeper yeah he's a gatekeeper is much lower in the divisions and kind of is in the you know the The bottom bracket the top 15 and kind of if they're good they get past them if they're not so good they don't get past them that's not how it works with the korean zombie he's not he's not a gatekeeper. he's just he's given extremely high quality opponents he's been around for a long time yeah and it's cool that he's still here yeah because you know he was still around the time when donald cerrone you know they had a similar history right Mm-hmm. you know they're around there at the same time in terms of the career um prior to the ufc right don Cerrone, probably on the end of his tail end of his career right Better leave the ufc his last fight is a retirement fight and we've got the korean zombie still what number four in the rankings yeah it's insane yeah. it's very very cool it goes to show how well rounded he is um look i i do pick Dan danny in this fight just because he's younger he's and he's maybe accumulated a little bit less damage, um, but th- let's not say that Korean Zombie doesn't have a chance in this yeah. fight. These five rounders definitely transition very well to Korean Zombies. Yeah. Uh, he's probably one of the most ra- well-rounded people in the featherweight division. Yeah. he's got cardio. He's got a chin and a half, except for those freak knockout. But yeah. the freak knockout by Yuri Rodriguez. He's fought in WEC, Pancrase. He's fought in the. He's fought in um. He's fought in 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 deep in in other divi- in other promotions. He's accumulated. He's got experience, right? Thirty four years old yeah. in his prime. He's got black belt in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. He's got a black belt in like Taekwondo. taekwondo.
0: He's, he's, he's got. He's won Taekwondo He's won Taekwondo multiple Taekwondo tournaments as so well.
1: I'll just bring it up here. Yep. Black belt third degree black belt in Hapkido, Second dan black belt in Taekwondo. Black belt and judo Brown belt Sorry Brown belt and Brazilian Jiu Jitsu Okay Well rounded dude That's To brand have brand. Have that amount of uh, Qualifications under your belt <laughs>
0: Under your belt At um, 30, uh, 34 years old I just want to point out Something real quick Then b- brought that up Brandon Marino Got his black belt After submitting uh, Figueroa. Oh did he Yeah Oh and very I, cool it, And also I got a feeling If Chan Song Jung Submits Danny Gawe will win I reckon he'll probably Get hmm. his black belt too or we'll come close. Yeah, it's
1: tough. It's tough for me. It's such a. Oh, it's 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 very tough for me. It's super tough. I think Jansung Jung is gonna make this an absolute war for gay. Dan, it will mainly be a test of maybe Dan Ige's power because as of late, Danny is just. I don't know what's been going on. He's got a little bit more pop in his shots, but he's doing very very well. Mm. Um. It's just Danny is yeah, a bit younger, and I I always like to favor sometimes a little bit the younger fighter. Yeah. That's Wolfram. the the, the f- MMA just evolves so quickly, yeah. especially in the highest elite MMA promotions like the UFC. Um, it it gets it's it's a duff, it's very very difficult for me to be honest. Yeah, I'm changing my one. I'm changing my pick. You gonna who are you gonna I'm go gonna with? Go you? Korean Zombie again.
0: How, by submission or decision? I reckon decision. I reckon I'm going to go down Ige by submission. So Sorry, I'm decision. Decision. Decision as decision. well? Yeah. yeah. I just don't see this fight being a knockout. I see it being a submission win mm, mm. or a decision win. That's what I can say.
1: Yeah, I'm yeah. changing my opinion. It's, it's Korean zombie I reckon I'm going for. It's so hard not to go for my South yeah.
0: Korean fighters. Anyway, I wanted to finish this up just by showing something real quick. We've got a little okay. bit of time. Um, I don't really want to give this too much credit at all, but recently over the weekend, or it was actually yesterday, we had the YouTuber versus TikTok boxing.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. That was on the weekend. Yeah, my brother was showing me, and he was like, you should watch this. Son. I'm like, no,
0: nah, nah, good. I watched it last night, and I thought it was absolutely hilarious, and I wanted to show you this clip to get your... Um, just to get your opinion. Mm. Now, do you know who um, Aaron Carter is? No. Okay, so Aaron Carter was the brother of... He was on the... Di- I think he was on the Disney Channel. Oh, another one. Yeah, and he went <laughs> on um, the No Jumper podcast. And yeah, I believe I believe I got the right guy. Yeah. And he was the brother of one of the Backstreet Boys. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, his older brother was the battery Boy. And he is, I don't know how tall he is, but he fought Lamar Omar, Mm -hmm. who is this giant basketball player in a boxing match, right? Mm -hmm. And guess who was, yeah, Aaron Carter's the right guy. Guess who was the referee? Chuck Liddell. Really? Yeah. And I just want to show you this video right now of what he said. In an interview, and then you get to see footage of the fight. So okay, okay. for just for context, okay. the people who are listening to this, I am showing Jack a video wait, wait, of wait, an interview what, and the actual what, fight. Wait, so wait,
1: wait. Message me the link so I can watch it on my, okay, my laptop.
0: I'll, I'll message it to you right now on, on YouTube. Uh, so I'll just give you a little bit more context. Aaron Carter went on the No Jumper podcast, and he stated that he is a second-degree black belt in jiu-jitsu mm. and a sixth-degree black belt in Muay Thai. <laughs> okay. All right. And uh, he fought Lamar Omar, who's massive. He's like seven foot or something they like that. They
1: typically don't give out belts in Muay Thai. It's yeah. Usually singlets. Uh, They don't typically. It depends on your gym, to be honest. But, you know, he might be right. Six degrees yeah. seems awfully high. Yeah. Uh. Yeah.
0: That's, that's so funny. he fought them. I think they were fighting in like 14-ounce gloves yeah, yeah. in headgear. Yeah. And what I thought was hilarious was Lamar was sagging his pants too, fighting him. Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> I sent it to you on YouTube. Okay. Uh, Sorry, I sent it to you on Instagram. YouTube. And <laughs> it's just these, the poor quality of these shots, man. His guard was all full. Like oh, he did was Did you he send it to the last set? Uh, I sent it to Oh, I sent it to, sent it to the last the set the last right set. now. Alright. Oh man. It wasn't watch
1: all that. I, actually there was one box I wasn't boxer yeah one youtuber Faze jarvis really? actually watched him fight he apparently has been taking it quite seriously fighting at the mayweather gym okay actually his technique was a bit poor like he had quite sweeping like you know how often a beginner when they're doing straight punches yeah. often and they're hitting a target then they'll it will quite easily turn into a hook mm-hmm. his head movement was actually genuinely okay yeah i actually was impressed yeah well um, good for him
0: for taking it very seriously because i, I didn't believe a lot of these um youtubers and TikTokers did money and clout yeah money and clout and you know i play boxing man bryce um mcbroom or whatever his name no so austin mcbroom i've never watched the video i didn't even know who it was but he beat bryce hall and bryce hall's on psalms
1: uh, I looked into that. Apparently, it was on full blown steroids, actually. It wasn't just really? arms. Yeah. Oh, there you yeah. go. Um, let's have a look at the video. So, Mick Dojo Life, a second <laughs> degree black band jiu jitsu, and s- I Wait, right, I'll put on the. Oh, wait, right, let's have a look. Oh, he's got funny yeah. hair. Hey, yeah, like go oh, no. Oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> No. (laughs) Uh, No.
0: (laughs) Mate, your face just says it all right now I mean, you don't get to see the start of the fight But um, If you are listening to this I wish you could (sighs) go watch the YouTube version right now And respond to this (laughs) That's (laughs) hilarious
1: I mean Oh, there is Chuck Liddell. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> look, hey Chuck.
0: Chuck Chuck's like, mm, I'll, look, I'll let this continue. I wonder how much they paid Chuck to referee that. Uh is Chuck even a licensed referee? I doubt I doubt it. I but I this doubt. is this is
1: an exhibition bout because they're wearing headgear. Yeah. So I I don't think the I don't think the qualifications are that high for an exhibition bout, to be honest. Anyway, um,
0: do you, that there you go. Uh, i mean that was they some of them were in headgear but some of them were in no headgear in eight ounce gloves anyway um that would conclude uh this morning's episode now guys thank you for listening um hope you liked that breakdown uh now a couple of things uh we've recently done a couple of interviews um yeah. you did one with colby colby uh thick Sickness. Sickness. And that uh, is on YouTube. Uh, audio coming soon. I did one with Jack Della, uh, who's now going to be fighting for Danny White's Continuous Series. And he was. Do we Z. have an opponent? He, yes. Sorry?
1: Do we know who's his opponent? Yes,
0: we do. Hold on. Because I, I don't want to fuck up his name. That's the thing. And. How long's the name? <laughs> n- no, I mean, I just can't remember it off the top of my head. Uh, I'll have a look. Jack Della. Lusa. His name's Lusa. Um. I don't know m- too much about him, but what I do know is that he's got Jacks um, getting ready for. He's got plenty of time for the fair, and he shared with us all the information with us on a pod on an episode recently. The audio is up. Uh, the YouTube version will be coming out very soon. Uh, and also, guys, if don't forget to like, subscribe, follow us on Instagram. We're pumping the content, pumping videos every week for you guys. Trying to get interviews as much as we can, with you guys. If you know anyone who would like to be interviewed or would like to come on the podcast at all, hit us up and then we'll get in contact with you pretty uh, good on top of that. Also guys, don't forget to buy us a coffee. We appreciate all support we can. And yeah, Jack, anything else?
1: I think that's all. Um, Thanks very much guys for all the support. Um, Really appreciate it. Thank you very much guys. Bye bye. Bye bye.